My name is Erin Weideman, and you are listening to Heroes for Her. This series features candid conversations with real women who strive to balance their professional acumen with their personal values. Join me as I interview positive female role models who are working hard, loving others, and inspiring the next generation of girls to serve their unique purpose. Before we get to today's episode, a quick update on the Bible Bells front. I am so excited to announce that we have partnered with YouVersion to bring you all three of our seven-day devotionals for the first three books in our Bible Bell series, Hannah, Esther, and Abigail. You can access them right on your Bible app, and these devos are a fun and easy way for you to guide the conversation about real beauty at home with your girls and point them toward real heroes, the women whose inner beauty God used in a mighty way. For easy access to these devos, all you have to do is open up your Bible app, and under plans, you can do a quick search for Bible Bells, or if you need them in Spanish, go ahead and search for Las Bellas de la Biblia. We hope these resources are a blessing to you as you teach your girls to make a different kind of noise. For more resources, tips, tools, and encouragement, be sure to visit BibleBells.com and find us on Instagram at BibleBells and on all other social sites under the same name. Thanks, everybody, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode of Heroes for Her. My guest today is Jenny Katrin. Jenny is a writer, a speaker, and a leadership expert. She is committed to helping others lead from their extraordinary best. I love that. Her passion is to lead well and to inspire, equip, and encourage others to do the same. She is everywhere. She speaks at conferences and churches nationwide. She seeks to help others develop their own leadership gifts and lead confidently in the different spheres of influence that God has given to them. So I'm super excited to have her on the show today. She is the author of several amazing books, including one that I love called Clout, Discover and Unleash Your God-Given Influence. And her newest book is The Four Dimensions of Extraordinary Leadership. So excited to have her on the show today. Jenny, welcome to Heroes for Her. Erin, thank you so much for having me. It's going to be fun to talk with you guys today. So I think the word God gave me to start this conversation with you today is the word influence. And we as parents have this awesome and exciting opportunity to be the people who most greatly influence our kids. Most of the time, though, that doesn't feel exciting. A lot of parents, including myself, doubt and sometimes even reject our own ability to positively influence our kids. It can be really discouraging at times. So can you just start us off? What would you say about the opportunities that we have to lead in our homes and to be the ones who grow and develop the next generations of leaders in our kids? Yeah, yeah. I love that question. And I I think it's so critical because I think sometimes we underestimate the influence we have on the on the kids in our lives, you know, and our and our own kids. And I go back even to my story and how much, you know, my parents, my grandparents, a lot of the influential adults around me really helped shape who I was becoming. And I think we all know that you know, kind of naturally. And yet it's so much more profound than I think we give it credit for. And, you know, I I am super passionate about leadership, leadership. I think leaders shape human lives. And, and for that reason, it is incredibly sacred work to recognize the stewardship of influence and the stewardship of leadership. And so leadership begins with influence. All of us have influence with the people that are in our, our, our homes and in our lives day in and day out. And so 
for the moms among us, like that influence with your kids is so extraordinary. And I don't say that to be like this, like unbearable burden or pressure. I say it more as an encouragement to say that every day you are shaping and you are influencing those lives. And so helping them identify their own influence and their potential leadership is, I think, just such a valuable gift that you can give them. I had both my dad was really influential in my life in this way and really seeing some of my gifts and giving me opportunities to use them. And so I was naturally wired as a leader. I was the kid that you put in charge of things, you know, at a really young age because you just saw potential and you didn't have anybody else to give the responsibility to. So I just, you know, I was just the one that did that. And my dad was one of those people that really nurtured that and helped give me confidence to really step into those opportunities and into those gifts. I often tell people that one of the greatest gifts we can give others is the gift of belief. And, you know, as we believe in others and believe in their potential and their gifts, we are giving them confidence and and just the courage to step into some of the things that God has designed for them. So I think especially for those of us that are parents, like this is a huge, huge opportunity and responsibility. So Jenny, will you talk a little bit about your family background? How did your time as a kid and just the early time you spent during your upbringing, how did that shape you as a person? Our family story was a little unique. My parents divorced when I was five years old. And so a mom actually had custody of, the, custody of us. And so I only saw my dad every other weekend. But one of the things that was so profound about our relationship was that he picked us up and he visited, I mean, he, you know, scheduled his visits with us without fail, you know, just his consistency spoke volumes in my life. So that was one thing, just by observing him, I learned so, so much about just really being responsible and taking care of doing the thing that you really need to do, doing the right thing. My dad kind of taught me that just by observation. But then he really, when I would express an interest in something, so it was, you know, simple things like I wanted to play tennis. Like I got this, you know, this idea in middle school that I wanted to be a tennis player. And so he took me to the sporting goods store and we didn't buy the most expensive gear ever. You know, he was really kind of frugal about, okay, this is, you know, we don't know if this is going to become something you're good at or not, but it was an interest that I expressed. And so he helped kind of find a way to help me you know, try out those things that I was interested in. And then beyond that, anything that I would do, you know, so I often did a lot of, you know, I always was interested in in theater and music and things like that. So he would come to the programs that I would do at school. He always showed up and was present for the things that were important to me. And I think that was a big thing for me is that he he just displayed his support and his interest in the things that matter to me. Now, at the same time, you know, dad was also quick to give me good feedback about something if it wasn't something that he thought was in my best interest, you know, so it wasn't like he just was like the doting father who just whatever you want to do, Jenny, you know, like you can do that. But the things that I expressed interest in or, or he and he saw natural gifts in, he was quick to support those and help provide guidance. And I think that's a big thing, really, that, you know, he provided that sense of guidance along the way. Okay, so that brings me to the next topic for discussion, which is really breaking down the four sections of your book. Will you share with our listeners what you discovered about leadership and what drove you to pursue really bringing your findings into the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would love to. And the the four dimensions that I talk about in the book were really kind of my own journey of leadership of trying to understand what does it mean to lead well? Because 
so even though I had some great examples, my dad being one of them, some other great mentors in my life who really influenced me in a significant way. So I had good models of leadership. As I got into opportunities to lead, I floundered, you know, and I made some horrible mistakes as a leader. And so, you know, just in my own desire to grow, I often tell people, lead yourself well to lead others better. So we really have to do that self-reflective work to understand what's holding us up, what, where do I need to grow as a leader, because I'm never going to be a great leader for others if I'm not leading myself well. So that was kind of my journey. And in that, I really discovered, you know what, I've got to be a relational leader. I've got to be a spiritual leader. I need to be a strategic leader and I need to be a visionary leader. And so I kept coming to these four things saying, you know, these are really critical. And I would see a lot of leaders lead from a lot of strategy, but they would lack relational skills. Or I would see leaders have a lot of vision, but they wouldn't have a lot of spiritual you know, groundedness in, in how they were leading. And, you know, so I would see variations of this. I would see it in my own life. And I just kept coming back to these four things and saying, I think that extraordinary leaders learn to lead from all four of those dimensions. And so as I began to study it more and more, I, you know, I'm looking throughout scripture, I'm looking for examples of great leaders. And I kind of landed on something that's really core to those of us of faith is that in the great commandment, Jesus says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And I just paused there and I was like, here it is, right in the great commandment. And so I did some study on that because you wonder, well, why did Jesus clarify with heart, soul, mind, and strength? Because he could have said that the great commandment is just to love the Lord your God. Like that would technically be enough. That's really the command. But he clarifies it and says, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. And the implication of that is he's, Jesus is saying that is our whole being, heart, soul, mind, and strength is all of what comprises us as human beings. And so what if we loved God, and then the second command is love others, with heart, soul, mind, and strength? So I make the application to leadership, and I think we can make this application to every sphere of leadership or influence. So whether it's parenting, whether it's in the business place, you know, whatever that leadership lens looks like for you right now, I think that if we really learn to love and lead people with heart, relational skills, soul, spiritual leadership, strength is the visionary piece and mind is that strategic piece. When we show up with all four of those dimensions, I believe that the people around us get the the best from us. I want to take a second here and let you address these four dimensions of leadership because at least for me, the one that sticks out as the constant or the one that seems to be the most practical or efficient would be the mind. Yeah. And the others, for me at least, sort of take a back seat. Sure. Yeah. And I think this is the one that trips people up sometimes, especially if you're thinking of leadership in, you know, in, you know, the workplace or, you know, in a professional setting of some kind, because we're often kind of told not to be relational or to be kind of stoic and guarded. And I don't know where we get that from, but I remember in my early days of leadership, that was really how I functioned. It was all about, you know, I'm a very strategic thinker. And so all of my work and my leadership was about that strategy, that mind side of leadership where I'm just, and, and really, honestly, that's what our culture praises us for. Our culture praises us for what we do and what we accomplish. And so I think in a lot of leadership environments, the heart is very much lacking because we're just kind of culturally taught to diminish that side of who we are. 
But I think more and more, I mean, you know, and it's just natural. I mean, we want to connect people with people. We want to see people as human. We want to see the vulnerable side and not in, not in that we air all of our dirty laundry to all of it, to everyone every day and, you know, just kind of wear people out with that. But there's really a, it, I often say it's slowing down to see people because I think sometimes leaders can be so driven and want to accomplish so much. And even as parents, you could apply this because sometimes we, you know, have such goals and, and things we want our kids to experience that sometimes we can, we can sacrifice a little bit of heart, a little bit of relational time. And so I think all leaders in whatever capacity need to sometimes just slow down to see the people around us as humans with joys, concerns, fears, emotions, like what is going on with people and how can we relationally connect with them in such a way that it gives us influence to lead them in in the other dimensions. That makes so much sense to me. I was always fiercely competitive and it served me well in terms of excelling in things like sports and academics, but just having grown that one element, you know, really trying to grow an efficient mind is really not worth very much when you consider that the other three dimensions we know are what it takes to effectively lead people. Yes. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I often do this when I'm speaking at different events and things. I'll ask people, you know, who was the person who's influenced your life the most? And rarely do they say, you know, they never say a celebrity. Rarely do they say a boss in the workplace. What they talk, who they talk about is like grandparents or parents or aunts or uncles or somebody that really relationally connected with them, you know? And so I think that heart of leadership is really the start of leadership. It's the, we have to relationally connect with people in order to have the influence to lead them anywhere. Yeah. I'm thinking about those people for me and the ones who just sat with me and told me the things that I needed to know. Yes. Yep. It's like we can all look back at that and we go, you know, the people who had the greatest influence in our life were the people who just took time to be present with us, to engage with us, to connect with us. And I think we really need to, and I've had to learn to really increase that value in my life as a leader because unfortunately there there was a lot of seasons where it was lacking and my leadership and my influence suffered because of it. And so I think it, I think naturally we're wired that way. I think sometimes culture causes us to, mini- to diminish it or we get so, like you said earlier, just driven by the checklist and the expectations and all the things we need to do. And the people around us are just saying, hey, will you just be with me? Like, will you just be present and hear me and talk with me and tell me stories and engage with me? And it's so powerful. Okay, so as a parent, this is what I want. It's hard, though, because even as I think, okay, I want to influence my kids and guide them and help them grow in their ability to live into their gifts, that can seem like a whole bunch of additional tasks and just things that I need to do and add on to my overflowing schedule of stuff that I'm trying to accomplish. So what would you say to the parent who is already kind of overwhelmed and feeling a bit confused about how exactly to take all this on? You know, I would say to that person, I think sometimes, you know, it's like we have to kind of stop and take an inventory and say, okay, what is, what all am I doing? What all is consuming me? And really what's most important? You know, what, what is most important in my life? And so it's not another thing to add to our to-do list, but it's really a, you know, kind of a resetting of the priorities and a resetting of our perspective. And I, 
Aaron, I have to do this all the time. And it's kind of like exhausting because you're like, okay, I should know this. I should know this. And yet I just get consumed in the, the craziness and the busyness of life. And sometimes I have to slow down and go, okay, wait, no, here are the things that are most important. I will actually physically draw like a series of circles on a piece of paper. And in the center of the circle is my name, which makes it sound kind of like it's, you know, it's all about me. But the perspective, you put yourself in the middle of that paper, you draw several concentric circles around it. And then you start writing in the names of that first circle closest to you is the people who are a part of your life. So your spouse, your kids, you know, the people you live with that you're with day in and day out. The next circle are friends and family and the people that are a part of your life on a regular basis. And the next circle are, you know, maybe small group members or church friends or neighbors or people that you connect with kind of periodically. But the the point is to say, I need a visual sometimes of what are my circles of influence? Who are the people that I have influence with day in and day out? And am I, am I, I should be positioning myself if I'm really living in the center of those circles to spend the, the majority of my life and my influence with the people closest to me, because that's where my greatest opportunity for impact is. That's where I have the most potential to pour in and develop people around me you know, in the way that God has designed me to do. Like nobody can influence your family, your kids, your spouse, the way that you can. Only you are positioned to do that. Only you are in the center of that specific circle. And so when we realize that, it kind of just helps us reset the priorities and go, okay, I've been responding to all these requests from people way out on the fringe circles. And some of those things I may need to do, some of those things might be valuable, but if they're disrupting my ability to focus on the people closest to me, then I've got to stop and I've got to reevaluate. So it's not adding more, it's, it's kind of you know, just reevaluating and redistributing what my time and my focus is going to. That's a really practical, simple exercise, and I love that it's so visual and it's clear and easy to picture. I actually really like the idea of seeing that on paper. What other practical tools do you use personally as a business leader that you think can be applied to kids and parents? Okay, so here's what comes to mind. And, you know, so I think of in, in my work setting with, you know, as I recognize that I needed to really increase my, my relational connection with my staff, I would every, every weekly meeting with them, I would stop for the first couple of minutes and I would just check in with them about their family, how they were doing personally. And I made it a habit that every interaction with them before I jumped into business, I just checked in with them. And so, you know, uh, then I would relate that to in the home and parenting. And I do this with my spouse or attempt to do this with my husband is we've been married 17 years. What I would say is a lot of times, you know, when we're engaging with those people closest to us, so our, our spouse or our kids, we will just rush into whatever we need to talk about that day, you know, or so, you know, you get up in the morning, it's time for everybody to go to school and you just get into business mode, right? It's like, get them fed, get them dressed, get them out the door, you know? And what if you just, the first two minutes of your morning was just a, Hey, how are you feeling this morning? You know, what are you thinking about this morning? What are you afraid of today? What are you excited about today? And you just made a habit of those first interactions, you know, and it, it's two minutes, right? It's not like, you know, just this huge amount of time, but it's just your first interaction, making your habit to be, to check in to see how they're doing as a human, 
you know, and same thing like when they get home that night or whatever those, whatever those rhythms are in your schedule as a family, just to reprogram yourself to not go to the thing that you need to do or get done together, but you just check in with each other. I think that can be, make a massive difference in that engagement and that relational connection in particular. Yeah, don't be too busy to do this with your kids. My check-in time with Rooney is right at bedtime. We lay together in the dark and just talk about our day and how she's feeling. Setting aside time daily for those moments is how we can really prove to them that, that they matter more than all the other stuff we have going on. And they need that. And just to know that, you know, you as a human matter more than what you're doing, you know, or what you're accomplishing. And I think that it just speaks volumes to people. And I think those habits done early in your family life and with your kids can make such a difference on how they view themselves, you know, how they interact with others, like just those little, the little habits. I have a friend who she has five boys and every night she spends about 10 minutes putting each one of them to bed. So it's like an hour routine for her. She has such a beautiful relationship with her boys and they range from like age eight to 18 now or something, you know, like, so she has teenagers and she still has younger kids. And, but she's so purposeful about this, but she'll talk about what her boys will tell her in those moments, because it's become such a part of their routine. It's such a habit of their, their life. And they have a busy, busy life. She's an entrepreneur. You know, she's a busy, crazy, crazy, busy woman. And yet she's done this, that, like that has been her thing with her boys. And I just, like, I watch her and I marvel at her relationship with them because it's so incredibly beautiful. And sure, it was a sacrifice, but like, I think the influence that she has and the voice she has in their lives, even as they're growing up, is really remarkable. And so that might be, you know, more than, you know, especially with five of them, you know, it's a whole hour routine every night. For somebody who is as accomplished as she is, that that has been her priority has just spoken volumes to me. That's so cool. Yeah, that time with Rooney is my absolute favorite part of the day. So in the work that you've done in studying leadership over these past several years, what's been the most rewarding part of it for you? You know what it is? It's watching the the people that I've had the influence to or the opportunity to influence, watching them flourish and watching them pass it on. You know, so there are a number of employees. There's one in particular that I hired when he was like 23 and I hired him for a job that was he was way underqualified for. But I just saw potential and I saw the opportunity and I and I just felt like I was supposed to give this kid a shot. And so he's now been in that role for like 10 years and is thriving and is developing other leaders. And every time I get a chance, he's still back in Nashville, but every time I get a chance to see him and, you know, and hear about the work he's doing and I see the influence now that he's having on other younger people coming up behind him, I just beam because that it just brings me so much joy to say, you know what, when you can see the potential in somebody and you you know, just give them, give them a boost, give them some encouragement. And, and, you know, we, and we worked together for about seven or eight years. And so, you know, I both, you know, critiqued and encouraged this kid through the years, but to see his development and then see him developing others is so much fun. And there's a number of, of, you know, stories like that, where when you see the ripple effect of your influence, it is so humbling in so many ways. And also just so, you just beam because you're going, you know what, the thing that God gave me to do when I was faithful to that, 
then the ripple effect of that, you can't even imagine, you can't even predict. But when you start to see it happen, it's just so joy producing. It's so neat to hear that because it's like, here you are pouring into people and God takes that and turns it around and blesses you. So incredible. I love it. Oh, Jenny, I've really enjoyed having you on the show today, but it's time to wrap up. These episodes always go so fast, so thank you so much. At the end of each episode, we do something called The Scoop. It's three rapid-fire questions. Are you ready? Ready. Let's do it. So obviously, at Bible Bells, we love heroes. Our podcast is called Heroes for Her. Growing up, who was your hero? You know what? I feel like I have several. So one of my greatest heroes was my grandma. Her name I called her Nanny. And... Because my parents divorced when I was young, she spent a lot of time with my sister and I. And so, you know, she was really the nurturer and caregiver for us as a family. And, you know, and it was simple things like I would go and tend the garden with her and, you know, we would can vegetables and, you know, it's just all the simple like things of life. But she taught me so much in that. And she passed away a couple of years ago. And, you know, her legacy just keeps living on. Like, I'm just so grateful that she was there and she was present in my life. So I would say she's really my my greatest hero. Yeah, you don't think about it when you're a kid, but the time and effort that people like that put in, it's so awesome. Totally. Yeah. And so many sacrifices that as a kid, you didn't realize the sacrifices they were making for you. Like the fact that she took the time and made the investment, you know, was just a huge gift. Second question. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Something that has been a source of inspiration for you? You know, I think it was both an inspiration and a good kick in the pants. But one of my early mentors and leaders told me that if I really wanted to lead people, I had to learn how to love them. And that has just stayed with me through the years because, you know, so much of me just wanted to lead people as a means to the, you know, the the thing I wanted to accomplish. And he just stopped me and he said, Jenny, if you really want to lead people, you're going to have to learn how to love them. If you want to lead people, you've got to learn how to love them. I love that. Okay, last question. If you could have a secret superpower, what would it be? <laughs> it would be, I think I would want to fly, probably because it would just help me get places quicker. But you know what I think it is? I think why I would want to fly is because I love seeing the whole perspective, you know? And so I think sometimes when you can get up above the craziness, the busyness and the chaos and you can get perspective, I think that that just gives us so much leverage as leaders, for lack of a better phrase. So I think that's probably what's behind that is I'd love to be able to fly and soar and see the whole perspective. Jenny, thanks so much for being here. As we wrap up the episode, can you let people know where they can go to find out what you're up to? Where can they buy the book? Where is the best place online to find out more about you and what you're doing? Yeah, the the quickest and best place right now is my website, which is jennycatron.com, J-E-N-N-I-C-A-T-R-O-N.com. And um, I, you know, I post there regularly, lots of leadership stuff, just life and leadership. And then I am launching a company this fall that is focused on leadership and organizational development. So if you are a work for a nonprofit or you're part of a small business, like we kind of focus on you and helping, you know, on strategy and culture and just what it means to lead an organization well. So that organization is called Foresight and the website for it is getforesight.com. 
get the number four, the word site.com. And uh, right now you can go there and just kind of sign up for updates and, you know, so you can kind of stay up to date on what's coming with that. But we just really want to equip leaders with great resources, articles, you know, webinars, you know, resources to just help you lead from your extraordinary best because leadership is hard. It is hard, hard work. And my greatest passion is helping equip leaders to thrive in the, the place of influence God has put them in. Awesome, Jenny. Thanks so much for being here. It has been wonderful having you on Heroes for Her. Thank you, Erin. It was an honor to be with you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's okay to not be okay. This is a safe place. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed our conversation, please be sure to rate and review us on iTunes. If you have any questions, thoughts about the episode, or ideas about how we can come together and support our girls, we would absolutely love to hear from you. You can email us at hello at biblebells.com. Just let go.